You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic holistic physician, best selling author, international speaker, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. According to the American Diabetes Association, over 115 million Americans suffer from diabetes and prediabetes. Now, that's one third of the U.S. population who have blood sugar issues, and it's not getting any better. Truthfully, I think there are millions of people who are undiagnosed. They don't even know that they've got a blood sugar issue. Prevention is key to living a vibrant life without diabetes. So today we have Cher Pastor, the founder of Cher Nutrition and the author of soon to be released, The Blood Sugar Miracle. She's here to give us her best strategies on how to control your blood sugar optimally. Welcome to Wellness for Life Radio, Cher. Thank you. Well, let's talk about diabetes. You know, everyone knows that diabetes is is a blood sugar problem uh, where you have trouble controlling your blood sugar, too much blood, too much sugar in the blood. Can you, I just want your overview about it. Um, So there are several different kinds of diabetes and the most common type is type 2 diabetes, what we refer to as type 2 diabetes. And that's when the body still produces some level of insulin, but it's really hard to control blood sugar levels. So you either don't produce enough or there's something that's called insulin resistance. And so the blood sugar continues to rise and generally stays higher and stays in the bloodstream. Got it. Well, um, like I said, there's millions of people suffering from this. And that means millions of people are monitoring their blood sugar. This is what's recommended, which is what I recommend as well. And uh, and who wants to stick their finger constantly and feel pain all day long? Uh, You know, as a nutritionist, and, you know, I definitely we need to monitor blood sugar, but I'm, I'm excited to talk about a type of monitorization um, that I found about uh, last year. In fact, I think it was last year. Yes. And yeah. it's a, a system where you can wear an actual patch and you do this and it's an it's a, um, automated type of digital um, recording of your blood sugar without pricking your finger. And that's really exciting for me. And, and and I want to talk about that because I want to know how you use it as a nutritionist and how you recommend your clients to use this instrument. Because, you know, I ask people to do it at specific times of the day, and it's really difficult. Often they're workers, they work too much, and they don't have time. But to me, when you monitor and you get your biomarkers right down, you'll be able to manage the food that you're eating, the types of food that you're eating, and really be able to possibly even reverse diabetes um, and prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, because I've done it many times with my patients. So I don't see why you can't do it. Uh, but I think monitoring will help you a great deal. Yeah, so we know that um, increased monitoring leads to better outcomes for our patients. I mean, that we definitely know. And so historically, until the current continuous glucose monitors on the market, there was only the blood glucose monitor, which was what you were just talking about. It was so painful and it hurts and the patients didn't really do it or want to do it. And even if they did, maybe we would get two, you know, blood sugar checks a day. And so that's really just, it is not enough. We need more. We need more information. And so what's happened now is continuous glucose monitoring is on the market. And so there's a product by Abbott Freestyle Libre. And that is a small sensor that's placed on the back of your upper arm, and it's worn for 10 days. And then there's a little reader that you carry around, and you just wave the reader over the sensor anytime you want to know what your glucose is. And 
you can get a reading every minute, and it reports every 15 minutes, and you don't have to do any more finger sticks, and then you have all of this data that we never had access to before without doing a finger stick, and it's really a great product. Right, exactly. I mean, the reason why I was excited about it, because I, like I said, I'm, uh, I think monitoring your biomarkers um, is the next wave of medicine. Uh, I had a, yeah. I actually had a, um, a band, a watch band that I wore, and I was super excited about the, this company because originally it said that they were going to come out with a, you know, blood glucose monitorization, but it wasn't perfected. And, and I want to know how close is uh, this system, this continuous monitor system by Freestyle Libre, uh, then comparing it to the sticking of the fingers. Yeah, so it's, it's extremely accurate. So the FDA approved this product in, for personal use in December of 2017, and they approved it for a 10-day wear after a 12-hour warm-up. And during that time, over time, it gets it's called a 9.7% MARD, which is how they measure continuous glucose monitoring accuracy as compared to a blood sugar meter, which is the best blood sugar meters on the market are 8%. So it's an extremely accurate product. And... Um, and not just do we want to know accuracy, but one of the most important things about using a continuous glucose monitor is the ability to look at trends and spot patterns because that's one of the most important things. Because say, for example, a patient had a blood sugar of 95 and they just checked it with their blood sugar meter. If they checked at 95, we don't know where they're going, right? Are they 95 and rising? Are they 95 and falling? Are they 95 and stable? And that's really the key now we're seeing with all this technology is where is that blood sugar heading and where are you going to be? So this helps us to improve time and blood sugar, time and range, we call it, right? We want to keep their patient's blood sugar in a pretty tight range so we can head off a lot of lows and we can head off a lot of highs. That's such a great point. You know, I've got patients that are paradoxical. So, what you know, the one of the things that, is so important when you, you're monitoring your glucose level. There's actually a paradox. Paradox meaning that often with my patients, they their morning blood sugar, which is fasting blood sugar, should be the lowest because after many, many hours, eight, nine hours of not eating, 10 hours, you should be have the lowest, but often it's actually higher. I mean, that's the paradox of blood sugar that it may go up. A lot of pre-diabetics are like, there are diabetics are like that. And if you have the instrument where you can continuously record it, then you can surely see that trend, the trend of what's going on in the middle of the night and, and monitor that. What do you think, Cher? Yeah, so one of the amazing things about the continuous glucose monitor and the ability to have all of this data, so one of the things for sure is it spots what we, you could call the nocturnal hypoglycemia, right? So we're so worried about our patients being low overnight and we wouldn't even know. So that's one of the things. And then the second thing, as you're saying, is, okay, so did it go low overnight? And then did it rebound up in the morning? And is that why we're high in the morning? So for sure, the most important thing is to be able to see, so are we stable? Or when is that blood sugar starting to rise? Is it starting to rise at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m.? So then we can make, you know, different treatment decisions, either, you know, to the patient's medication or what happens before they go to sleep. Do they need to eat something? Do they need to take less insulin? Do they need to take more insulin? If they're not on insulin, what do they need to do with their medications? And so we were never able to see this really before. And, you know, maybe we would ask our patients to check blood sugar at three in the morning and, you know, it wasn't convenient and they might not even do it. So now it's just it's such an amazing tool for them to have. I think, again, it can also, for type 1 diabetes, if they are in a system where they've got to inject insulin throughout the day, 
uh, or special time of the day. This is another way of being able to titrate it even better. Tighten it so that you you may, you know, to, and people don't realize this is that even if you do have type 1 diabetes, it doesn't mean you, you're completely devoid of insulin, uh, islet cells, Langerhans cells that out that are completely wiped out it's not like that you might have 50 percent working 40 percent working it's just the management of it that you're not being able to to perfect and so possibly with this instrument you may actually be able to use less amount of insulin changing your lifestyle yeah. changing your diet exercising appropriately and that's another thing when you exercise and looking at your your blood markers during exercise that's huge to me huge well, for sure, because some people, you know, tend to go low after exercise or it depends on the type of exercise, right? If they're doing cardiovascular exercise, maybe they go low. But what if they're strength training, they could go high. And so we wouldn't know these things. You know, now we can tell, okay, so then, you, you know, you can bring a snack if you need a snack. You can bring a medicine if you need a medicine. So it's pretty amazing. And again, so we're seeing with the continuous glucose monitor, what it's doing is kind of it's producing a behavior change in a very short time. You know, so for example, if the patient eats something or the person with diabetes eats something and they see that their blood sugar is starting to rise, they can now see it with their monitor and then they're able to make different decisions next time. That's right. Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, the more you know, more information you have, then you'll be able yeah. to change your lifestyle, change your life and change your physicality, change your disease pattern and your future. So I think this is really awesome. In your practice, uh, what, what, how many times do you recommend people to monitor your blood sugar and, and um, where and so what it, times? Okay. So it all depends if, you know, we're talking about type two diabetes or type one, but let's just say for sure we want somewhere from four to six blood sugar checks a day. This is with a blood glucose monitor. And so, you know, we like to say fasting, fasting blood sugars, you know, eight hours without food. So we want that fasting one. And then anytime, two hours after a meal. So two, uh, one and a half to two hours after eating something. But what happened, we saw studies when people wore um, the Libre, the Freestyle Libre. We saw studies that um, the patients were scanning their sensor uh, an average of 15 times a day. And, you know, it's not a finger prick. It's just a little scan. So they had 15 data points throughout the whole day, whereas, you know, we'd be lucky if we got six blood sugar checks a day, maybe sometimes two to three um, on the high end. Oh, no, no doubt. My patients, they only want to do it twice a day in the morning before they right. wake up and then after dinner. And that's pretty much it. So, it. You, um, you know, it's really, the little scanner is just so cute. It's very much like Star Trekky. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, I love that whole, the whole idea of it. It's pretty cool. Um, my only concern of course is, uh, when it comes to this little sticker is that people get irritated, you know, by the sticky stuff on it. Um, do you, uh, is it common that people get allergic to the Band-Aid type um, of like yeah, sticker? So, um, it's not. I mean, obviously it could happen. Um, but I, so there's a professional continuous glucose monitor that's been on the market for over a year. And so I've had a lot, a lot of people on it. And I would, it's very, like there's a low chance. I mean, it could happen, but I don't see it that much. I really now don't. You, when you say professional, you're talking about one that is ordered by the doctor? Um, not just that, but the, the professional Libre system bef that was approved over a year ago before the personal one, was we the doctor orders it and we put it on the patient. It's the same sensor, but it's just blinded, so the patient wouldn't see any real-time data. 
Um, but it's the exact same sensor, and so that's been on the market for a long time, which when we haven't seen any irritation. It's the exact same sensor. Oh, I see. So what you're saying is that the professional one, doctors use it so that they tell them to come back within a couple of weeks, yes. and then they'll get all the data just by downloading it. Exactly, yeah. But it's the, the, so the personal one is the same one. The personal one is the same. Um, yep, the same sensor, and the reader looks exactly the same. It's just that... With the personal one, you're able to get the data in real time. So the patient sees the data. You know, if they want to scan that every minute, they could scan it every minute. Yeah. You know, um, let's talk a little bit about so people understand the levels of blood glucose, uh, what you want it to be, because what are you reading, actually? So you, you, we spoke about doing it four to six times, uh, fasting. Uh, what, what is the optimal level? of blood sugar then? And then what should it be after one to one and a half to two hours after a meal? Okay. So we consider, you know, really tight blood sugar goals. Uh, fasting blood sugar is anywhere from 70 to 100. We would love it to be, you know, in that range. And when they check two hours after eating, we want it to be less than 140. And then of course, um, when you're waking up, we're talking about fasting is waking up right in the morning and you want to do it before you jump out of bed, you know, you know, and once you start working and walking around, your blood sugar can actually change. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And it can go up. And a lot of times my, you know, my patients are like, that happens in the morning. They're like, well, why is my blood sugar starting to go up? I didn't eat anything. I didn't do anything. But as you said, it's just the hormones are getting secreted or maybe stress is happening and stress increases blood sugar. So there are things that, you know, happen and that might not be related to food. Right, exactly. I personally like it below 90. Maybe 70 to 90 is yeah. like to me the sweet spot. Going closer to 100, to me, it's still, that's prediabetes. And there's another marker that uh, I recommend everyone to get. It's a blood marker called hemoglobin A1C. And you really want to compare that. Another marker is the fasting insulin. Of course, these markers are not, uh, you can't read that in the uh, Freestyle Libre, but uh, you want to get it done regularly. Uh, at least twice a year with your medical doctor. Right, but let me just say one thing about that. Um, so the hemoglobin A1C is a three-month marker of the blood sugar control, right, the average of what that person's blood sugar has done over the three months. And so what we're seeing now with CGM is kind of this whole movement that we're trying to move beyond A1C. And what, it's, what we're seeing is we want to improve time and range. And that's what continuous glucose monitoring has done for us because the A1C is just that average, right? But how do we know, did that person like, you know, did their blood sugar spike up and then come down? Did they get a lot of low blood sugar? And is that why that average is okay? So it's this whole now movement that um, we kind of call it, we want it to, we want to look at time and range. And, um, and that's, that's what continuous glucose monitoring is doing for us. That's right. That's right. I think, um, you know, because let's say that it's 140, um, and it's and it's a good place two hours after, but but then it continues and it's not exactly. being it's not reducing even four hours later after your meal. So that just gives you something that okay, what did I eat? What's going on here? Isn't that right? Yeah, and that's one of the most important things. And so then they either you know know not to eat that, or they eat something different, or they take a different medicine, or they do exercise. So for sure, that's what we're able to see now. You know, what's great about um, this this monitoring system is that there's going to be a lot of science going to be created, a lot of research from institutions to scientists to people that are in the uh, blood sugar industry. They're going to use this instrument. I think it's going to be very, very exciting. 
all that's going to be coming out uh, in the next near future with this. I have a quick question regarding your Blood Sugar Miracle book. I'd love to know what got you interested in it. Um, do you have a, a personal story regarding blood sugar? Um, so uh, I don't have a personal story, but I started studying nutrition in my last year of high school, and I've so I've always knew I was going to be a dietitian. Um, and so I'm super I'm interested in nutrition and how food affects health, right? I think food is medicine. And over the years, I've just become more and more just interested in diabetes. And the way I see it is, uh, diabetes is a condition that can be managed through what you eat, right? It has the biggest impact on what you eat, what you put into your body, what exercise you do. And so I'm just, I just think it's so important and I want people to know about it because I do think a lot of times, you know, people who have diabetes feel a little bit powerless or they feel like they don't know what to do. And that's just not the case, right? If they eat well, if they get some exercise, if they monitor their blood sugar, it really can be reversed in a lot of times and just and or very well controlled. So right. I want I, people to know that. That's great. I, I look at diabetes as, as an inflammatory condition, um, you know, different right. uh, different types of inflammatory cascades that's triggering um, the imbalance of blood sugar and your, your ability to manage sugars um, through the mitochondria, through the muscle tissues, through your brain. It doesn't matter where um, the location is. Um, but what I'd like to know is what is in your book, meaning like your the dietary recommendations, what do you recommend uh, for people who've got blood sugar imbalances and particularly okay. that are diabetic? What so, do you recommend? Um, so when we talk about diabetes, the, the food group that contributes the most increased blood sugar are the foods that we know as carbohydrate. So it teaches you about carbohydrate. And, and through the, my years of practice and studies, I've seen that it's really the amount, the total grams of carbohydrate that come in at one time. So it's really based on certain amount of grams of carbs coming in throughout the day. Um, and this book, it's a plant-based focus, meaning just, you know, all your greens, all your fruits, not some fruit, all your veggies, and like the least amount of lean protein. And of course, it talks about exercise guidelines and blood sugar goals. But the key is really managing carbohydrate and how much you can have and what, where to get it from. Per serving, how much in grams do you recommend? Meaning like per meal? Um, no more than 30 grams per meal. Um, of course, it depends on the person's you know, height and weight, but I, no more than 30 grams. We've just seen in practice that it just leads to too high of a, a spike. Well, 30 grams can be a cup of Coke, <laughs> you know? So it's uh -huh. a, we got to remember it's the type yeah. of grams too, the type of carbohydrates, don't you think? Right. Yes, for sure. It's the total amount and it's where is it coming from. Yes, it's both kinds, for sure. So it talks about that in the book. Yeah, there's no Coke in the book. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, of course. And how about the difference between the glycemic index and the load? Do you talk about that as well? So I don't talk about it that much because um, the evidence-based medicine on it is a little bit, a little bit inconclusive, but you know, we do see that we want whole grain foods. We want higher fiber. Fiber is the most important thing. We want lower glycemic index foods. Um, but what it does, like when it gives you, the book gives lists and types of food and meal plans. And so all of those foods in there are high fiber and low glycemic index. Got it. You know, I often tell my patients uh, who are suffering from blood sugar issues, um, pre-diabetes or diabetes, to go out and walk after they eat. Just yeah. go for a nice walk. Yeah. And that will manage their blood sugar very quickly. 
Um, do you recommend? Yeah, there was a. Yes, I do, and there was a great study that was done, and if you can believe it, it showed that if the person walked after their dinner meal, and it was as low as they just could go for a ten-minute walk, that improved it. So there are exercise guidelines, and of course, we want people to get you know thirty minutes at least of moderate exercise most days of the week, but. I just still want people to know, even if they went for a 10-minute walk, because sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to walk for 30 minutes or 45, you know? And so even if they did walk for 10 minutes, it helped uh, lower blood sugar. Great. Will your book help people who are the opposite? Um, And that's hypoglycemia, not enough blood uh, glucose uh, in in their, I mean, sugar in their blood um, at one time. Does that help too? Yeah, so it doesn't focus, that's not the focus of the book, but when we talk about reactive hypoglycemia, the treatment is essentially um, about no more than 30 grams of carbohydrate per meal six times a day, and then you combine it with one protein and one fat. So while it doesn't focus on that, it can still, you can um, use it to, for that because it talks oh, about carbs and protein our, Please explain, uh, a lot of people might not know what reactive hypoglycemia is. So it just, it means, so a lot of times, I don't know if you, if your patients have ever said, they either kind of feel funny or dizzy or shaky. And so it's when the blood sugar goes up and then it comes down and they, it might technically not be less than 60 or it could be, but the patient is feeling like a low blood sugar and that can happen. Yes. Right, right, right. I, you know, often patients, um, when they're reactive, it's, it's because they're insulin. They might actually shoot out too much insulin at once in that meal, and then that will uh, shuttle that glucose into the tissue very quickly. So then you're at that moment, then your blood sugar drops below a certain level. And I've seen it below 50s, even 60s, 50, 60, which is pretty low. Right. And you'll definitely, the patient with the person will definitely feel symptoms for sure. You know, shaky, maybe sweaty, inability to concentrate. Yeah. Right, right. You know, we just have a minute or two left. I'd like to ask you, about your thoughts, because right now uh, the whole ketogenic diet is huge and all about intermittent fasting or the fasting mimicking diet. What's your take on it and how it relates to blood sugar? So we definitely like um, intermittent fasting and fasting mimicking. Um, A lot of the data showing that it helps, you know, improve blood sugar. The ketogenic diet is a little bit tricky in the sense that, yes, when the person is on it, of course it works, but the ketogenic diet has been around for a very long time, and a lot of the data supports that people aren't able to live with that for a long time. So, you know, if they do it for a short time and then they kind of end up, like, gaining the weight back. So while the principles work in terms of helping to lower blood sugar, in practice we see that patients aren't able to stay on it for an extended period of time. Oh, great. Thank you for thank you for explaining that. I'm a big believer uh, of um, being on a non-ketogenic diet. <laughs> I, and I'm going to tell you yeah. why. I mean, I, I do think that specifically for um, individuals and children who've got um, seizure activity and um, neurological activity and things like that, it is can be very helpful. But uh, the yeah. truth of matter is, uh, truth of matter is, ketogenic diet will affect the whole microbiome in a huge way, and it in- increases what's called metabolic endotoxemia. When you're on too much fats, it is one of the triggers of of inflammation in the body too. It's a very weird situation, paradoxical there. But um, so being on it too long might be a problem. 
And um, right. so I, I ask people to really go to your doctors and do this properly. Uh, try not to do this on their own by getting the you know bestseller ketogenic um, uh, diet book online. Thank you so much. So I, uh, the website is called freestylelibre.us. And this is the information, um, I think, the website that shares with everyone what exactly the unit is, the you know, continuous blood monitoring system. And it's Freestyle Libre. Libre is spelled L-I-B-R-E dot U-S. Really wonderful having you on the show, Cher. Thanks so much. And, and congrats on your new book. Thank you. Absolutely. Great. Thank you. All right. Excellent show. And if you've learned something new that will help you reach ultimate wellness, please share this show with your friends and family and go to iTunes and give us some of your feedback. Your support is greatly appreciated. Please contact with, uh, connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. And if you need any guidance, I want to dig deeper into your chronic health issues. I will work with you over the phone and Skype. Uh, and you could do this. We do this all around the world. So you can get my information at drsuzanne.com for my contact info. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well. <music>